Okay, welcome to episode 60 of the Atalan Rising podcast, where we are going to go through today um, kind of the follow-up from the previous X-Men episode where we reviewed House of X1 and Powers of X1. Uh, and today we're going to go through House of X2 and Powers of X2, um, where we think we are damn close to the uh, to the concept that Hickman is following. Um, we're going to recap the likelihood function and how everything still fits. Um, just the fact that Moira is a mutant now, which... That who, who would have whoever would have seen that coming? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was absolutely brilliant. But still, she is running a prediction model organically. Yeah, and and she so we were she is the ever so in. close. Yeah, she is absolutely the variable in this. Um, so should we do a quick recap of last episode? Episode I believe it's fifty eight. Um, so just uh, two episodes ago. Fifty eight. Yep, and fifty eight point one because we had more ideas. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, we could quickly record it <laughs> on a on a Monday evening. So the likelihood function, which is essentially like a, a predictive model for basically predicting in the statistics. future. Yeah, yep. in statistics. Um, which actually, when you write it out, is p of x. And um, we were just talking beforehand about h of x, which is how you state a hypothesis in machine learning. Which is interesting because H O X and P O X looks like P theta X or H theta X. Would you like to recap on uh, the rest of the rest of the likelihood function at all? Let's see what else, what else do we need to say about it other than this is all starting to line up. You have all these computer readouts that look like someone is building a data array to run it through a predictive model. Yeah, which is which is interesting in its you know which is why I think uh, Hickman has kind of got that design of the you know, of the pages and stuff, um, which is really cool. Very, very cool. And I guess we should just go ahead and mention it right now about the brackets. Yeah. I think we've both got notebooks going on this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, None of the brackets, well, some of them are closed out, but not all of them are closed out, indicating a much bigger line of code. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if like issue six of Powers of X or House of X is just going to be closing out all the brackets, taking about four pages of just brackets, which I'm sure <laughs> he would do. Um, but no, I was I was wondering because um, you have all these like all the arrays of the data and stuff. Some of them match up, some of them don't. I noticed when I was kind of making my it's going to sound really sad. Well, I was making some notes on the ep- uh, on the issue that some of them didn't quite line up with what came after. So you had like House of x or powers x uh they didn't quite line up with what came after which was the of x part because they did house x power you know it, it was and sometimes sometimes it's houses of x yes yeah i saw houses of x in there somewhere but there are also patterns that repeat we've got this one that shows up i think in every issue point you know crop point zero one coa 2.1 and it repeats with 4.1 6.1 8.1 and 9.1 and the 8.1 and the 9.1 have ellipses after them which is a bit um which is quite a sort of like version number or um i guess it could be like hypothesis number or you know the variable in it the one thing i noticed with that is when we had this gra- new graphic that came out in um, house of x2 that maps out Moira's lives. And life 9 and life 10 are both shown as ongoing. And if you look at the Krakoa readout, if you start call life 1, life 0, you end up with 8 and 9 with the ellipses. That's a good point. I hadn't really, uh, I hadn't really put that two and two together, which is quite interesting. What does it all mean, though? Oh, my gosh. 
that's the bit that's that's the thing where, where is this going i mean what what is it what is it doing i mean it could suggest that these are versions of moira's life that they're running you know and and if that's the case why what what's with the point one what's with the you know life 9.1 or 7.1 or yes because see in life nine the, the fact that life nine doesn't end yeah is very interesting because that's where she goes straight to apocalypse yeah because that's kind of her like her um her absolute kind of solution is the only one that she hasn't tried it's the only variable that she hasn't activated which doesn't end well and... for magneto and xavier no, the apocalypse. The quote from Apocalypse at the beginning of the issue is that he'll make you. Into, he's going to make someone, most likely Moira, into something eternal. I don't think I spotted that. Yeah, um, let's see. Let me let me flip back to page one. I'll find the exact quote here. He says, "If you can find it in you to survive, if you are worthy, then I will make you into something more than them, something eternal." So, is it him that gives Moira? more lives or does it mean that you know she can she can begin to exist in more than just one timeline because i think we we spoke about this before that life one life two life three life four you know missing six all the way up to ten missing six they all start at the same point for for moira they are linear linear so life one life two life three you know she's got the collective memories of her previous lives whereas in terms of like the multiverse and the just just the, the way it is within marvel they're all happening at the same time which is so why is she creating is she creating multiverses every time she dies that's the question isn't it because you, you kind of you kind of assume that she, she is because you're, you're not supposed to be able to rewrite it so which would suggest that essentially her being in i think it's timeline four i want to say which i believe ends up being um days of future past timeline i believe that's i believe that's timeline four well, she... one that looked very similar to the one that we know because even had like the phoenix five in it four is the one where moira and xavier get married oh, okay so which one is uh i, f- I forget which one Day- days of future past is i think it might be four or five but it's kind of like she is the only variable in that similarly with uh with the timeline where she kills all of the the Trask family, you still get a Master Mold facility. You still get, you know, effectively a, a Days of Future Past-esque scenario. And I, I thought that was very interesting, that the rise of the machines is inevitable. There's nothing she can do to stop them. Which is kind of hinted at in, is it Powers of X or House of X 2, where they kind of say, oh, what, what's this? Well, it's, you know, it looks like what is where Nimrod becomes activated. And it's kind of like, well, you know, Nimrod, we know from the Days of Future Past timeline, I tell you what I found really cool, and this is kind of a bit of an aside, is the fact that they're kind of giving Nimrod a, we assume, an in-universe current uh, 616 Marvel, giving him an actual origin within this universe, yep. which I, I really like. I think that's a really nice touch, to be honest. I, I just thought, also thought it was interesting that we uh, bring up the observer effect again with Moira, yeah. that the act of observing something fundamentally changes that thing. Marvel seems to really like the observer effect. It also got brought up in Secret Warriors by Karnak. And by the Doombot in the Marvel Knights anniversary special. Okay. Yeah, I mean... The- Every, everybody at Marvel likes that Observer effect. But w- what a horrible power for Moira is. I mean... Oh, my... Just torture. Being a- just being able to see kind of like everything unfold again and again and just, you know, not being able to do much about it because clearly she wants to and clearly she has tried. But um, yep. she's just not able to change what eventually happens. And it just... Yeah, that must suck. It's- Absolutely. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the uh, the Groundhog Day movie, you know, with, with Bill Murray, where he just gets so bored of it that he just ends up uh, killing himself. Groundhog in, Day. Yeah, and he just kills himself in <laughs> such really random ways that 
it's kind of sad, but it's like real bleak black humour. So, like, the question is as well, uh, Life 6. Where did it go? What, yeah, what, what happened in it? And I, I originally kind of went, well, what if Life 6 is actually our universe? And what if this is happening in a, in a different universe for everything else? And it doesn't really fit in at all. It was kind of like one of those thoughts that, hey, hang on a bit, this, this could be, you know, an alternate universe. 6 could be our universe. But I, I think it could be actually 6, potentially, is where she becomes mm-hmm. eternal. There's obviously something we're not supposed to know that happens in life number six. Yeah, but the question is, why? What? What would you? What? Have you got any kind of theories on that? Have you got any uh, ideas? I have absolutely no idea. Because <laughs> the one that immediately follows it is just the one where she goes around killing the Trasks, which also kind of seems a bit unlike the Moira that we know. Yeah, but you know, maybe maybe the Moira that we know is obviously crafted by a further what you know five or six lives so or four lives even but it's 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 just the graphics on it as well because we because i've got the the timeline image right up um and the graphic on it just seems to be it can't all be done by chance i don't know maybe maybe it's just an aesthetic choice but the way that it's done you know you have them all kind of tracking through different timelines and that sort of thing whether that's just an aesthetic choice does it suggest that things aren't linear and and where they cross over is actually, you know, a point within all of them, or... And we also have, in brackets, areas where Moira has gone past number 10. We've got somewhere up here, a Moira L2A. So, there was a, a theory on that. So, I, I, it was actually... And a Moira 2B. Interestingly, I read up on a, on a theory on, on Twitter, and now I have to admit that I went and saw this through comicbook.com, who just totally ripped him off. But it was a really good theory. Which was that Powers of X is actually following Moira's ninth life and not ten li- uh, tenth life. I don't think you agree with this one very much, do you? I don't agree with the entirety of it. Life nine, I think possibly the year 100 scenes could be running out life nine. Because that has Apocalypse, who seems to be in charge. And we've got the Apocalypse War in life nine. But nowhere in life nine does Moira ever go to Charles and um Magneto, which is also in uh Powers of Ten. And just one more. I figure there's a lot of meaning in these graphics. And if you look at life number ten, it's black and it ends in black arrows, which sort of indicate that it's still going on. If you flip to the next page, which is the reading order, the black arrows, the same black arrows from her timeline are pointing at the different issues. Which would kind of indicate that Yeah, it that's kind of- that's... I continue that this is the next step in that timeline. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. But having the uh, year one hundred be the result of life nine, I, I can see that. I, I so let me. I'll just run through the theory. So obviously, the theory is that um, Powers of X one is uh, about uh, Moira's ninth life and the fact that it references ML zero nine Moira life nine. But then there's an interesting theory, uh, theory that they have, which is uh, so. So the theory comes from at I Snow Nothing on um, on Twitter, just to um, just to reference back to him. So in House of X two, there's a Moira L two A and a Moira L two B. So that yes. could be referencing to Moira Life two. However, I don't understand why it would be referencing those two, and especially when it's two A and two B. I mean that's kinda of like saying, well, the second life branches off into two potential new lives. It's mm-hmm. a, a bit unclear. And what why do we have an L? Have we cha- is is it a Moira clone and we've decided to use letters instead of numbers? Or is it L for fifty? 
yeah, did they convert over to Roman numerals? That's, you know, this is where, I mean, the theory is a little bit patchy in places, but I think um, it's, it's one of the coolest ones I've seen to date, which is basically the fact that you've got Apocalypse, uh, who, you know, looks like he's with the X-Men. You've got Magneto, Wolverine, um, Black Tom, and uh, I can't remember who, the, who in the background is, but you've essentially got what I would assume to be the four horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, <laughs> could be, but um, I just wonder if there is decisions made that just create mean that Apocalypse is inevitable. So th- this theory kind of, yeah, it, it follows the route of this being Moira's Life 9. We also know that in the same timeline, Sinister was working for the X-Men initially, and then he betrayed the X-Men. Um, yep. And the only reference to Sinister is in Life 9? Life 9 in year 35. Apocalypse enslaved oh, Sinister. yeah, there we go. Yeah, I believe that's the only one in which actually references Sinister himself. But I just wonder if that's just inevitable. And I, because there's no... It follows Moira. These timelines follow Mo- Moira mm-hmm. and not anybody else. So, for all we know, this could still be happening in the background. It could still be going on. So, uh, additionally, for this um, theory from at Nothing on, on Twitter, we know that uh, Apocalypse and Moira form the X-Men. However, Moira is nowhere to be seen after, basically, after the Apocalypse War. I think we go to year 100, yes. which is the in, in Powers of X, and she's just nowhere to be seen, which is, it could suggest why the dotted lines are the way they are, but um, I'd be keen to which, kind of find out honestly, more. when Moira is no longer around to interact with people it looks like it goes to the arrows yeah if you go back to life one two three four five it happens when she's in a coma too yeah so this is something we discussed uh, a couple of days ago actually which was the fact that i wonder if they are literally because she's unavailable whether she's in a coma whether she's you know just you know dead (laughs) Um, or well dead would be a dot well yeah that's true yeah she's still somewhere so where is she unknown you know just, I'm very con- or being made into clones being downloaded into a computer who knows what they've done with her i'm yeah. very concerned for moira we ha- we don't see her in year 10 at all exactly it, it's uh it's, where has she gone where did she go i mean she's so i think our theory is that she's in the uh the clone pods and she is like the the big clone she is kind of like the the one that is being cloned over and over again to try and run a simulation over and over again through cerebro which would be kind of how do i put it it'd be kind of weird because obviously charles is well known for not exactly being the best person in the world he's a jerk well yeah yeah he he is he is he absolutely is but i mean if we go through powers of x you can see that he actually kind of tries to recruit magneto very early on um and in the timeline they kind of meet in year 43 so what's that nine years before house of x which is great everyone loves it when charles and magneto works together they're two two uh two greatest x-men uh (laughs) it just it just kind of goes against everything that we've seen recently if that makes sense, like like with the with astonishing X Men, where you had uh, Charles come back in Phantom X's body, whether that was was the catalyst that kind of made him, you know, think this way or believe this way, it's just kind of I, I want to know what the change in personality was for Charles. Yeah, and just this little thing I, I noticed is um, Charles is all in black and Magneto's all in white. Yeah. Yeah, although um, it, I, I noticed the same with um, with the cuckoos. So in issue one of House of X. Uh, Basically, you have, um, I believe, Sophie and is it Esme? Esme and I. Who's the other one? Yeah, there's four. I forget. But in every, in well, at least in the in the images that they show, there's one of them that is in black. The rest of them are either in purple or white. 
So I I kind of wonder if if there is some significance in that. I mean, there's always got to be significance because it's Hickman. <laughs> so I wonder if there's any significance in that. I mean, I know that one of the 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 cuckoos had died. I think two of them had died, mm-hmm. but. Um, I think one of them was brought back during uh, X-23, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't read all of that, so I don't know the full story. But it, it kind of goes alongside the whole, potentially, I, so one thing I read, I was kind of looking into um, Alpha and Omega and the meaning of Alpha and Omega. And mm-hmm. one of them, uh, so the Christianity, Christi, Christianity meaning is more or less just Alpha Omega beginning of the end. There's nothing particularly fun about it but in um, Islam, Alpha and Omega are actually two different names for God. Uh, like, yeah. Correct me. We if have I'm... two different, two guys with god complexes. Yeah. So I mean, if if anybody wants to correct me, you know, if I'm wrong on that one, feel free. But from what I read on Wikipedia, the you know the, the sources of sources, <laughs> um, <laughs> it kind of suggested that they are both both names for God. This this book goes makes me makes me think even deeper than I normally would. <laughs> I don't take anything at face value. <laughs> yeah. Enough rambling about um, timelines and stuff. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. We uh, introduced the Kardashev scale. Yes. Very interesting. You should probably talk about the, uh, the phalanx before. Wow. Uh, I actually, I wonder if the X-Men know that the plan is to have them join the phalanx for starters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I somehow, I don't think they would really enjoy, you know, enjoy that. And it's actually kind of, it's a retcon because in the comics, of course, Warlock is a technarch. Yep. The phalanx who are, well, bad guys except for Warlock. Phalanx are also bad guys. The Technarchs you inject you with the techno-organic virus. You turn into a Phalanx, then the Technarchs come and absorb your energy. The Phalanx were always supposed to be an offshoot of the Technarchs. And now Mr. Hickman has flip, flipped that, where the Phalanx have created the Technarchs, and the Technarchs don't know that. Yeah, and it's it's kind of an interesting one, because um, obviously being technology-based, then you could basically do whatever you wanted with them. But I mean, the, uh, the phalanx were basically at the end of Powers of X two, uh, where they kind of show that they're you know they've kind of absorbed half of the galaxy. Uh, <laughs> you have the yep. little blue guy at the end that's like kind of like you know kind of greeting them or whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, it was, he, he wants to join them because he, he, joining the tech, joining the phalanx is ascension. Yeah, so you're essentially it's kind of like the end of um, the end of AI. I don't know if you've seen that yep. movie. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I assume so. I did. Um, which is kind of like when humanity just sort of became a being of information rather than a human. But I thought what was interesting about this was actually that the the, the, the planet that you see in year 1000 uh, isn't Earth. It is, uh, what would you call it? Is it Nibiru? Let's see, it's... did I write it down? was Nimbus and then it turned into Nibiru or yeah. something. So that I believe that's kind of like the name that we give to the mythical planet X that's in the sky. But essentially in this comic book it became uh Nibiru because uh it became uh yeah, is it Nibiru and um uh Nimbus. It became a a a world mind what what they decided to call it a world mind. Mind. And then they fed it to the phalanx. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I saw rumor that issue what four of House of X is going to break our hearts, and I, I think that's going to be something to do with Moira. It's, I think it's going to have to do with where Moira is. I think so too, and I think that um, I think that it's going to be something to do with who Charles is actually working with or working for, and that's going to be interesting. I think 
I, I think that's gonna yes. be, you know that's gonna be the, the the big issue. But yeah, you talk about the Kardashev scale okay. earlier. Do you want to do you want to explain for you? Yeah. Okay. So they use the the scale to describe the levels of societies in powers of powers of ten. And he was, I believe, a physicist who came up with a scale to describe a society by its energy consumption. So this was based only on power, was his scale. And then some other physicists came later and modified it how they saw fit. Carl Sagan said it should be based on information. Uh, John Barrow, microdimensional mastery. <laughs> Robert Zubrin, you know, planet mastery, like how far out your civilization ranges. But it's all based on a scale. That's in listed in powers of ten, which again is a nice little again. a nice little nod, and it, it kind of th- it kind of made me think like everything you mentioned there, like the, the modifications that Carl Sagan made, that the other kind of physicists made, they still require power. Like information, you need you need to be able to create that information. Information is power, which is quite nice. But I think uh, was it the world mind or the world mind is a type two. Um, or level two, or whatever you want to call it, and the phalanx is level three, and then technarch is is one. A type on the real on the real scale to be a type one, you must be able to use and store all the energy on your planet, and then it starts branching out to solar system, galaxy. So I think the I think the biggest thing that we want to come to uh, in this one is the fact that the mutants clearly have a predictive model going on. Absolutely, that, because we saw them predict Nimrod. Yeah, so I mean that that was that was literally um, Charles saying, "Hey, look, Nimrod is likely to come online at this point." And again, as I mentioned earlier, that's a really nice way of giving him like a, a real six one six MU origin. Um, mm-hmm. But it also kind of suggests that are we heading towards some sort of days of future past apocalypse-esque I, I think the i think we said earlier that the machine war is always likely yes and um you know the predictive model i believe charles is making a lot of decisions that involve a lot of sacrifice on the part of other people yeah i mean the, the quote at the end of this issue which is um uh, you must see by now that there is no you and i there is only us we are together or we are nothing I think we're kind of go- getting into a ends justify them means well yeah but also situation. Also, are you looking in towards a? It says we are together or we are nothing. That reminds me a lot of a hive mind. Because it is. if you if you if you break away all the different pieces of a hive mind and isolate them, they they literally don't know what to do because they're not connected to the hive mind. It's kind of you know natural instincts or nothing. Well, the the hive mind is his end game. Joining the phalanx. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of it just it's just a, a real baffling kind of kind of end game really isn't it it's yeah. just like what why are we why are we even doing this why are you yeah. doing this also there's another who, reference to Xavier who got being to out, decide out yeah who That's did get to decide? who got to decide that this was the plan is it was it just charles and magneto i i still there, think... there is that discussion of with uh, moira who gets to decide what's right and wrong and then magneto's like and maybe it's like I decide. <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i love magneto he's just like you know <laughs> Do it. Yeah, of course, it's me. Yeah. Oh dear, this this is, these issues. I don't think. I, I I honestly don't think that in terms of any sort of theory that it kind of adds up. For, you know, it kind of really. It also, obviously, it adds stuff, but it doesn't really add any more information. If that makes sense, it's just kind of like where the hell are we going? It, it um, hasn't provided any answers. It's it, just yeah, that's piled yeah. on more questions. Yeah, 
So we, we've got the information, but it's kind of like, well, what do we do with this now? Where's it going? What's, what are we doing? I, I, I'm so enjoying this series. It's great. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that old man Logan uh, seemed to appear again. That's always good. <laughs> then he had like, uh, yeah, Black Tom. Yeah. Um, but again, I never would have expected to show up. Yeah. It's like it's such an odd, I mean, you've got, you know, Rasputin and Cardinal and then you've got. Hickman must have his favorites. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I just wonder where it's going to go from here on here on out because I know we've got issue four as referenced. Um, however, I, I know you don't get your books in physical, or at least you haven't got them physical yet. I haven't. I haven't picked all of them up yet. I have one. I think one and two in physical copies, but I can't wait. So I download them in the morning and then I go buy them from the yeah. Get them from my pool. Yeah. So so the the most interesting one is the um, kind of like the future, the solicitations in the book. You know, you kind of get that little fold-out page. Mm-hmm. Now, in that fold-out page, you've got uh, Powers of X and House of X 4. Most interesting one for me mm-hmm. was, um, I think it was House of X, uh, House of X 4, which is basically the true the true reason for Cerebro, or true purpose yes. of Cerebro is, um, is shown. Revealed. It's yeah. revealed, yeah. And it's kind of like, Okay, <laughs> that's an interesting. Yeah, it's just going to be bad. Yeah, because it's basically got all of the mutants kind of um, sort of white-eyed. Uh, it looks like they're being looks like they're being mind controlled. So again, I wonder if the helmet well, that he's got on is a uh, some kind of amplifier. And uh, well, how many of them are actually clones too? Yeah, because it's whether... obvious he's been growing mutants. Yeah, and how many of those are are, are homegrown versus? Um, the real mutants, but the panels where we first see Charles hatching these clones, like when, like one of the first ones, it looks like you have Scott and Jean, and Jean is to Scott's left, and then there's the shot from the other direction where you're looking at Charles, and to Scott's right, there's a girl with brown hair that looks like Moira's hair. I don't know if it's a, you know, just the the lighting and how the colorist chose to do it, but it's not Jean's red hair. Yeah. And it's just the fact that um, they, if they change sides, which they definitely do, now I now I look at that, it looks it almost looks like Jean's red hairs on the on the the right of Scott from uh, from Charles, yeah, and then you got someone on the left. That's very odd. The people that have been picking, you know, have received the flowers, which I assume are the gateway flowers. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got um, Colossus actually picking the flowers, which yep. I did I didn't realize first of all. Um, and then you've got Storm obviously receiving a flower. So in the in the panel after Storm, it's Nightcrawler, who I absolutely didn't get wrong um, in the in the first edit of this on the blue area <laughs> of the moon. And then you've got Armor in um, the, on Mars, which again I didn't yep. notice the first time round. Um, Beast in the Savage Land, uh, Kitty in Washington D.C., and the Cuckoos at the Jerusalem had habitat. So, which is where I first noticed that the Cuckoos you had four, uh, three purple Cuckoos and one black. Um, and then it goes on further in the issue where you have two white Cuckoos and then one dressed in black, and it's just kind of just very odd color choices. And the other thing was um, the human drugs. I wondered if. Uh, I wonder if, like, they've given they've given mutants uh, the mutant drugs names. So you've got gateways, habitat, and no place. I wondered if the human drugs have been given names too, but we just haven't been re- revealed them yet. So human drug L, I assumed it would be life. Human drug I, I said I suggested immune or immunization. And then human drug M, 
because it uh, cures diseases of the mind. I, I said mind. Um, I just wonder if that's going to work in some way. I'm, I'm still, I'm still absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm still absolutely uh, following on that Sage and Cipher have a lot more to do with this than we know. Because Sage, it just, it just strikes me that Sage is one of the only mutants that's able to actually kind of say, right, they're a mutant, they're not a mutant, that mutant has XY power, you know, that sort of thing. It just seems very strange that she wouldn't be involved somehow. The fact that Krakoa mm-hmm. can realise exactly who uh, is coming in and the fact that they are a mutant and he only lets mutants through. Oh, no, that's actually, I just had a thought, that's very interesting because Destiny tells Moira, in Destiny notes that Moira is invisible to other mutants. Ah, uh, okay, can, yeah. Can Krakoa see her? Well... <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that because obviously she is detected only as a human to to kind of sentinels. I guess I don't. I, don't, I guess yeah. yeah. But then, how does that work? How does her mutant power then I manifest? Know. I have absolutely no idea. Because if it's based on your genes, then yeah. Okay. I, I think I think this episode has just made me more confused. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's more of a chat rather than a review, but I mean, I'm just kind of going at this and kind of thinking I need to go back and reread everything. Or at least wait mm. until both issue fives come out because I'm just I'm baffled. But yeah, I, I think I, I love I've, I love the fact that Cipher's in this. Yes, he is. Um, and you know, actually, in year one hundred, it looked like he had become part of Krakoa when I'm Black not. Tom is uh, saying, uh, "This, this, uh, what's left of this one used to be able to communicate with anything." Yeah, I remember reading that. It's kind of like oh, that's that's. Um... That's a that's a Gruesome. nice ending for him, but it makes me wonder if Krokoa has a, a secondary mutation himself or herself. I don't know if Krokoa is a male or a female. Well, it, Krokoa is uh, growing clones, and when Jean shows up on Krokoa in the first issue in um, House of X One, you know he Charles welcomes her home and tells her she's safe there, and then in House of X Two. Moira makes the comment that mother is safe, mother is home. So Krakoa is their mom. Yeah, this is this is really going down the rabbit hole now, isn't it? It <laughs> is. It's just yeah. I'm just reading the reading the part of the issue that you said, which is about um you know about the fact that this body once belonged to a mutant that could communicate with anything. I initially initially figured Cipher, but the fact that Krakoa is is seemingly able to kind of absorb their their bodies their you know minds their genes whatever could also mean that uh, would it would also mean at any point they can kind of create new life i'm just glad that we get one every week because waiting a whole month would probably kill me yeah me too and i think that i think this this episode of the podcast particular i think we've just kind of potentially rambled a little bit but i think we've kind of tried to summarize exactly what we we think where, where do you think it's going to go any you know what, what's your prediction for the next issue oh i have absolutely no idea <laughs> I just, I'm waiting to find out what happened to Moira. Yeah. Because I think part of our problem is that we were so correct to start off with. I think the other question is, is we still don't really know why specific issues are called out at, um, in red. Yes. Yeah. And we also don't know why. We just read a red one that was red. Yeah. And there's no specific kind of reason as to why it was red. Um, Nothing really jumped out. Nope. (laughs) We, we, we being kind of, very different than the others. I mean, potentially it's because it's Moira-centric. We don't know. I I wonder if it's anything to do with the colours. 
but again, which colours actually match? None of them really, um, other than the fact that the black kind of chevrons uh, then move into the House of X, so we assume it's the same life lifetime. It's just baffling at the moment. I, I've pretty much neglected all of my comic book reading just to get this one done. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a stack downstairs of other books I need to read, and I just kind of haven't yet. Uh, it is. It's packed. And is it, it is just... packed with all your the diagrams and notes pages. But uh, an- another thing that I was... Because um, I, I think we're going to kind of go through a lot of issues one and one of Powers and House, um, was the, the fact that there's only nine Omega Mutants aligned with Krakoa, not ten. And I wondered if they were going after Franklin as the ten. Yeah. Because they haven't, mm-hmm. they've, I think they've got one reality manipulator um, within Krakoa, but I don't think uh, that's a, a psionic manipulator, not a reality universal manipulator. So it makes me wonder if they are literally trying to change the universe. And uh, at mm-hmm. that point, you kind of think, well, what on earth is Charles planning if you go down that road? Um, yeah. Because the fact that Franklin does end up on Asteroid K. Asteroid K uh, yes. in Avengers, and again, it's just like, where on earth is this going? Are we really going to like the year four thousand with this? So, is there anything else we want to go through? I don't know. I I just want a, re- a description of what are the differences between the types of reality manipulation. So you've got kind of um... they have a quantum, a psionic, and a universal. Yes, yeah. Is that, is that the only three? Is it? Yeah. So I think one of them is. Um... Was it one of them, Jamie Braddock? One of them is... Yeah. Jamie Braddock is quantum, Proteus is psionic, and then Franklin is universal. And, and again, that's... It's kind of questioning what powers... What does power powers of X even mean? I mean, <laughs> we to assume that there's powers of X, powers of 10. Could it be these 10 mutants coming together to create a new world? I don't, I don't know. I think there's too many ideas at the moment to... I think he's throwing in every powers of 10 he can find. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of saying, here's some breadcrumbs, please follow them, but please follow the wrong ones. Everything I'm doing is going to be a factor of 10. Get yeah. used to it. But I, I just found it quite quite funny that um, that R- Franklin is, is called out in, in the red, as opposed to anybody else who don't have uh, alliances with Krakoa. Well, he's the only one that's aligned to humans. But maybe maybe that's a red herring. Excuse the pun. This book. I don't really know what else to say, to be honest with you. It's just, it's just kind of, it's just bonkers. I'm really enjoying it so far. Oh, it is fabulous. But I need to, I need to go through and have a look at the, because I've got the director's cut downloaded. I need to go through the, um, I want to go through the, uh, oh, all the redactions. Yeah, because, yeah, because there's got to be some detail on, uh, on, on the, the cuckoos. So there's a redaction about the, you know, the four pages of basically a tour of the gateway. Kind of got, got bits here where it says, you know, we're looking at three very nice multi story buildings all in a row. They're very, all architecturally different, but the same monolithic big government design that blank. And I think this is the, this is the one where, uh, the, the cuckoos are planting the plants outside the Jerusalem habitat. So if you're a so in, in House of X1, have you got you got it in front of you. Yeah. Okay. In House of X one, go to the page with the cuckoos on and count how many cuckoos are there. Drawing, so, looking for cuckoos. And everybody listening can do this as well. <laughs> so it literally go to whichever page it is and just okay, count, count got, the cuckoos. We got two there. Going up further. Flipping, flipping. I think it's particularly on page. Uh, There's one in the one in black. Let's see. So I think it's on page seven where they're actually planting the... Page seven. There's two. There's four in the Jerusalem habitat. So in the director's cut, it says five. That's interesting. Why cut one? Yeah, so so we can see vines are just planted flower begin to creep up uh, in one place. This should be understated. Uh, In front of the building stand five figures. Four are dressed in white suits with blonde hair. The fifth 
blonde is wearing a black suit. These are the cuckoos. Caption, the Jerusalem habitat. Interesting. I don't know if that's got any relevance um, to the to the story, but we never know. It's Hickman. He can, you know, he can uh, do whatever he wants, as far as I'm concerned, as long as he keeps putting out good quality books like this. So, is there anything we've missed? Anything we're uh, anything that we said we're going to cover? I believe we have probably talked this one to death. <laughs> yeah, apologies if it's if it sounded a bit like rambling at times, but it, it's kind of this, these last two issues have just been mind bogglingly annoying <laughs> so we'll leave you with this one um, and we'll leave you with that last little bit about the cuckoos and um, I guess that's it for episode 60 which is actually kind of a big milestone and uh, on our part three years of this almost exactly um, 60 episodes 20 a year it's been great so we shall speak to you next time um, if you want to contact us go to twitter at atalanrising one um, or you can email us uh, the show at atalanrising.com um, we welcome all comments criticisms whatever um, just give us a give us a message and we will see you next time thanks for listening thanks bye